You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash and heavy metal community, my name is Jason and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track by track combat. It's the end of the year, it's the silly season. So what's the silliest thing Imran and I could possibly do on The Great Metal Standoff? I know, go Britpop. Our guest joins us from Sin's flagship sports program, The Sports Desk, where I was invited to join the team earlier in the year, and it was Sam of the Friday Morning program who quickly revealed his rock and roll allegiance. So for no other reasons than to get Sam on the show and to properly explore Britpop out of curiosity alone, Sam, Imran and myself are reigniting the fierce Oasis and Blur rivalry for Imran and I to simply adopt the role of paying customer to the Sam Menhennet Britpop guided tour. The battle will be Oasis' debut, Definitely Maybe, and Blur's third release, Parklife. And here is how we will contest the battle. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist's tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. The album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. Five gold stars on offer. Two bands with so much history and lore, enormous impacts to British music, and the albums chosen for this battle came out in 1994. It appears we're destined to do this forever. Moshpit and the Sports Desk officially collaborate now. Over to Imran and Sam, roll the audio. Alright yo Imran, it is time for me to show you what I've been doing for the last six months and that has been forming a wonderful relationship with a wonderful bloke, his name is Sam Menhennet, he's from the Sports Desk, uh, uh, one of the flagship sports programs over at Sin Media and it's good to have him on the standoff because he's a rock and roller at heart. How you doing Sam? Good, how you going? I'm doing quite alright myself. Imran, you in a good mood? I'm in a very good mood. You've gotten a new job recently you were telling me actually. Yes, um, without doxing myself, yeah, um, a lot of just a lot of stagehand stuff. So, um, been doing like crewing for bands like I did the Killers the other day, at a Good Things Festival. Really? Did, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Wow, one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. Um, what else have I done? I mean, the very first one I did was Billie Eilish. That was pretty fun. She's very short in real life. <laughs> good um, to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's been good. Been a, been a busy man. Well, look at you moving up in the world. Sam, <laughs> how, how have things been with you? Because I've... Uh, let's go inside baseball with the listeners here. I've been working alongside you for the last six months uh, doing the sports desk, which is uh, started out uh, when I joined. It was Monday to Fridays on 
90.7 DAB and you know, digital radio and online, wherever you get your radio. Uh, now it's moved to Wednesdays and Fridays, and I've been working with you every Friday morning since about June. How has it been uh, for, on your side, you know, doing the sport, covering the world of sport every week? Yeah, it's been fun. It's been exciting. Um, um, it's funny. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot better this year than I have in recent years because we were stuck at home and there wasn't much that sport to talk about. Um, so in that respect, it's been fun. And, um, yeah, I've always tried to bring a musical flair to the show as well because I, I miss doing music shows, so definitely I'll, I'll have to do some more at some point. What's your history with music shows? Uh, previously, I've done a seasonal called uh, Rockology, um, and it's returned in a few specials. Look, it may even get a, s- a special return soon. I don't know. I'm still <laughs> figuring it out. Planning 2023. Um, yes, maybe, maybe. Um, because I guess it's just become a bit of my brand and people know it. So rather than creating something new in my last year, might as well just keep it rolling one more time. Um, and basically the ethos behind that show was just my love of rock and roll and um, having themed episodes and stuff. So, you know, having one episode was themed the top seven guitar riffs of all time and... Um, best american bands and best b-side songs so it covers a whole range of rock in a bit more in depth and a bit more stuff sometimes you probably would never hear played on commercial radio and stuff um especially like b-side songs and unheard zeppelin songs and things like that so yeah no it's been exciting to delve a little bit deeper into the world of rock and roll i really hate to put you on the spot sam but uh off the top of your head, what well, what has been some of your favourite B-sides? What are your favourite B-side songs of all time? Or do you have a favourite that you actually did play on radio or something that you got a kick oh. out of? I'm very <laughs> sorry to put the spotlight on you like I've that. I've really forgotten you, what You really I intrigued me then. Um, I could probably bring it up because I've made a playlist of it somewhere. Um, He's actually funny. pulling up his Because B-sides, the concept of um, B-sides uh, are kind of... Uh, a past thing I've had to explain it to some people because back when there were vinyls and <laughs> you could only have um, stuff on the main side and the back side things that were kind of less popular or less were often put on the back side of it um, and oh no I can't find this thing <laughs> Just to paint the picture to the listeners, by the way, Sammy, uh, is that he's pulled out a massive binder. Oh, it's got go. papers flying everywhere, <laughs> and he's found it. He's found it, Imran. All right, well, this is probably one of the most famous songs that you probably wouldn't think was a B-side. Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Was that a B-side? Yep. Huh. Isn't that like his most popular song? I think so, and I'm pretty sure it's a cover too. So maybe oh, that's why it was. Wasn't all of Elvis' songs covers? I think so. Maybe my yeah. knowledge is so not that good. Without delving too much but... into that, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few others just uh. off the top here: uh, Pearl Jam, Yellow Lead Better, if you remember that one. Oh um, uh, yeah. Aneurysm by Nirvana. Um, we will rock you. We will hang on, like, Queen. Uh, we will rock you well, as a B side. We is we are the champions. The A side. I think so. <laughs> yeah, so I think that makes sense a little bit. Interesting. No, yeah. that was news to me. I actually didn't know that. We, we will rock you to yeah. B-side. But no, you're right, Imran. That does make a bit of sense. So the love of rock and roll 
is flowing through Sam, as you can tell. Uh, the battle today is Park Life by Blur and definitely maybe by Oasis, the debut by Oasis. Sam, where does your love of these two bands come from? Well, I'm trying to think back. Um, this was nothing influenced by my parents because there's been a fair few bands and stuff that I've grown up listening to. But uh, the whole Oasis and Blur 90s thing has kind of been my own discovery. Um, I reckon I probably heard the cliche Wonderwall a few years ago, maybe about five or six years ago, a bit longer now probably, um, and I just remember going, oh, this is all right. I probably haven't listened to it since then. <laughs> I, love, I, love uh, it's you, probably... I love how you caveated that with, uh, I understand the, the meaning of Wonderwall. It was all right. <laughs> well, it's it, it was good enough that it was, I mean, it's a popular song, no doubt, but Probably some people stop there and that's all they know. But I went and did the whole discovery of the whole era and essentially not just Oasis, it delved into the whole Britpop scene and um, went to a few themed uh, indie nights and that, that helped broaden my discovery. And often I found I was probably very out of place not being um, <laughs> not being an expat um, um, or of English descent. Um <laughs> And not being over 40, <laughs> I found I was going, oh, okay, this is funny that this guy's so invested in this. But it's 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 not always been like that. I found the music has kind of, it's, it still stands today, a lot of that stuff from that era. And uh, I, I find Britpop, the whole thing, very fascinating. Um, and a lot of it, yeah, it is probably isn't heard enough in Australia. I mean, it's fascinating enough for a show called The Great Metal Standoff. Here we are covering yeah. Britpop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a lovely juxtaposition we have up here. You made a very interesting point there, Sam, and I'm going to direct this to Imran a little bit. Wonderwall by Oasis. People oh, know God. that song. It's a really popular song. But Imran, are you like me with that is all you knew about Oasis? Yes, and it hurt my soul. Well, to be fair to you, Imran, you're about to discover some stuff that you may not even thought were made by Oasis. I think this will blow your mind then. If you've not heard, if that's the only thing you have heard, prepare for your mind to be blown. Look, going into this battle, look, I hadn't heard anything from both of these bands. I think maybe Back that one Wonderwall. song, was it Wonderwall and is song it two. Song 2? That Yeah. I, I don't yeah. even remember how song two goes and Wonderwall. Me, me and Wonderwall. <laughs> oh, that song. Okay. There we go. He's, right, it's gotcha. just remembered. Yeah. yeah. All right. I gotcha. Um, yeah. No, me, me and Wonderwall do not have a great relationship. Um, so, but look, I went into this with an open mind. I'm like, surely Oasis's discography isn't as bad as Wonderwall. Um, so, you know, it's, we'll, we'll have to see how we go. As, as we go along. Again, I'm with you, Imran. Wonderwall was the only thing I ever bothered about giving time to Oasis to. And then I only heard Champagne Supernova. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I heard that a couple times, liked that song. And then Sam Braw introduced me to Don't Look Back in Anger. So that's another reason why he's our guest for this uh, standoff. Uh, as for Blur, Sam, where, does the, uh, where did you discover that from? Well, I'd always heard of Song 2. That was, that was one of those. I, f I found a few songs in Britpop that there are a few that have crossed the streams um, and blended into other things. Uh, but Song 2 is a funny one because, again, um, although with Oasis they've got two kind of sounds, that Song 2 is very unblur sound. 
if if you know the rest of their catalog um it's it was made initially as a, like a parody um and a juxtaposition to a lot of the grunge that was coming out so that was their attempt at parodying it and <laughs> it um it blew up in their faces and they had no idea so um yeah but uh no blair's always, always been interesting to me and again it was something i described discovered in the whole at Britpop exploration well on that note, just before we finally get into uh, the battle, we'll talk of just very quickly of more of getting to know Sam. Since he's part of the uh, the sports show on Sin, I feel like it's only fair. Sam, give us all your allegiances right now. Share them all. To bear sport. your soul. All the sports teams. Who do you? Who's everyone you follow? <laughs> well, uh, Carlton in the AFL, uh, Melbourne City in the A League, and topical for Oasis because they're all Man City fans. Um, Manchester City in the Premier League. Knows your holy trinity? Yep. Imran, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm not much of a sports guy, so cool, I guess. Yeah, this is who, a man who gave up sport as soon as Hawthorne finished their three-peat, so <laughs> as well documented yeah. on this show. Went for Hawthorne, racked up the premierships, checked out, you know, cashed in, as they say. Yeah, I was done after that. The very, very nice. And that's the right way to go about it, I think, considering coming from me, Essendon supporter, boo Any Or boo-hoo, I guess. Especially, geez, especially after the 2022 we've had. Um, the final question is going to be a bit more sports, uh, sports desk-centric to Sam. What are some of your proudest moments? We're recording at the end of the year, at the end of 2022. What are some of your proudest moments you've had doing the show? Um, uh, I think we did a, a episodic special... Uh, that we filmed with RMI TV for the grand final special. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't get out to air as we planned. But I think the whole production of it and how we put it together, I think it turned out really good. Um, but apart from that, um, I don't think there's really been much other standouts. Just enjoyed Friday mornings because it's been very entertaining and um, often found that some non-sporting people have have enjoyed it because we deliver in such a way that it's entertaining and not too I th- what's the word I, I think it's accessible they've made it uh, we made it accessible and entertaining for people even casual sport fans can get their weekly feed with it you've balanced it out with uh so what you're trying to tell is they balanced uh the the sports and the casual side of it, really, just the hardcore fan and yeah. the casual. So you've balanced it. Yep. You're proud of how you balanced it. But I think that also comes towards, again, uh, full disclosure, um, I joined the crew six months ago and uh, I'm seeing, uh, you know, Sam's co-hosts do all their work and, like, his co-hosts of Michael and Jimmy, you've got a good support base, can't deny that. Yep, Definitely. And you hear that? That's a very humble sports person answer. He's just going to... No full credit to the boys here. This is a music show. That's right. <laughs> no, a big shout out to Michael and Jimmy who have also done a very good job, uh, at least during, at least from what I've seen through my time there. That's enough sport, folks. This is a music show. Oasis Fleet Buller, Timekeeper. You know what to do, right, Imran? He knows what to do. Oh, uh, yeah. Play Wonderwall. And ring the bell, too. <laughs> Okay, let's begin this battle. We're delving into Britpop. Here we go. Rock and roll star versus girls and boys. And Sam, it is podcast tradition here on the standoff that we start with the guest. So if you would like to start this battle for us, take it away. 
Well, what a way to start. I think that's a really strong way to start both. Um, and uh, Girls and Boys especially was a massive hit for um, for Blur. And uh, I, th- I think just want to quickly mention before we delve a bit deeper, uh, if people don't know, the there were essentially the battle of Britprop was Oasis and Blur, and specifically it was a big singles battle. So this year and across the next couple of years that they put out music, it was all about the singles that were released. Um, they're not, they often released one straight after one did to try and compete with them in, in the charts. So um, a lot of these chart toppers would have gone against each other. But it's interesting we're going directly album by album, track by track, which is, looks at it a little slightly different. Um, but rock and roll star and well I'll off the back I love girls and boys a lot of people actually hate the track they find it annoying um, and too poppy but I think maybe it's just my taste in music that I like indie dance um, tunes as well as rock whereas I feel <laughs> I feel this is probably maybe although I don't know you that well I feel maybe this probably is an easier decision for you um, uh, and of course rock and roll star what a way to, uh, it's one of my favourite karaoke songs and then for, for them being their first album um, and it literally becoming a dream for them with this album exploding um, and him actually becoming a rock and roll star There's something that rubs me the wrong way about how song one on album one of Oasis, the band that have the Gallagher brothers in it and they're going on about being a rock and roll star. There's something about that that rubs me the wrong way, man. Well, I I just love its arrogance from them. I I don't think they expected... I I don't don't know. I I think they grew up in, you know, a cancel house and not having much money and just wanting to be a rock and roll star and living that kind of life um, and not really giving an F. <laughs> so from track one, it's ready to go. And uh, oh, it gets me going on a Saturday night. It is a good tune to listen on the way into wherever I'm going. It's brave of you to confess that it is a karaoke song of yours. <laughs> <laughs> You're a frequenter of the karaoke? Yes, I haven't been in a while, but I am definitely just, just for Oasis songs. I have done other songs, but pretty probably nine times out of the ten, it's probably is an Oasis song. But <laughs> oh, that's all right. Your opening remarks, Imran. Look, this one's this is an interesting battle uh, right from the get go. Um, rock and roll star. I felt like like it's an alright song. I feel like it's just kind of your your average everyday rock song. You know, it's very repetitive. Um, there was, the outro and the bridge was really weird. I felt like that was kind of out of place. Um, apart from that, nothing that I really latched onto with this song. I feel like it was just yeah, it's stock standard rock song. Don't know what else to say. Um, Girls and Boys. Um, I I did quite like this one, despite how dancey it was. Um, ri- oh, yes. Ridiculously catchy. Scrummy, scrummy, uh, scrummy. <laughs> yeah. I, rem- I remember listening to this and the next song came on and I was still singing the chorus. Girls who like boys, who dig girls, who like boys. <laughs> while the next song was playing. It was, yeah. I really like the guitarists in this. They're very like, they're just weird. They're, they've got this weird dissonance to it. Um, it's That's weird, where I got the word like, raunchy from, by the way. Raunchy riff I've got in my notes. Nice. Yeah, raunchy, <laughs> I'd say so. There's some like really weird effects happening as well. 
Um, I will say, the one, like, if this song was just the isolated bass track, I would not be mad. So that bass was grooving the entire time. Actually was, yeah. <laughs> no, I it was, it was going bad. as, yeah. Graham Coxon is a very, very interesting guitarist, and you'll, you'll find over this thing that uh, there's just weird riffs and stuff playing that you've probably not heard someone play like before. Yeah, I feel like it, some of the riffs that gets played throughout, I'm sure we'll discuss it more, but like especially with this song, it's just riffs that you wouldn't expect to go over the, the rest of the instruments, and yet somehow they just work. Yep. Like I, you, you could play like you know it's something very similar or like basic along with the track, or you could play some weird crap like this. That's that's really like you said raunchy, or just like it, some like some weird. Not even like riffs half the time. They're just weird sounds, which I think is really cool. Um. Yeah. I think easy pick for me for this one. Girls and boys. Girls and boys, and your oh. your your breakdown of that in run. I was very ready to go rock and roll star, but I think I've got a lot more upbeat feelings about girls and boys. I might actually end up joining you because here we go, Sam. Now it's my first time I've sub- I've submitted to the fact that I'm going to listen to the Gallagher brothers singing for uh, for about an hour, and uh, if Wonderwall's <laughs> the gauge, doesn't get much better going backwards or forwards. God, his enunciations. <laughs> Why do you have to do that, Liam? Why do you have to pronounce words the way you do? It's uh, it just grades on me. I think part of it's his accent because I've I find with a lot of singers, and he's come out in interviews. He's he said this before. A lot of singers sing in some American, just like clean anti-accent kind of thing, uh, and I think he doesn't shy away from hearing his accent. Um, and one of my favourite lyrics, um, it's not in this song, but. Or maybe he's in this song, but he's sunshine. <laughs> like he'll, he'll, he'll basically spell it out. He'll give you a good spelling lesson of how to phonetically say a word. Um, but I, I, I like Oasis's guitar. It just sounds raw. I think. Can't deny that. Um, yes, that bridge and that does go on for a bit. But um, I, I don't know. I love that it's just basic. Um, um, and yeah, there's a bit of like raw energy where you can imagine them playing in a small venue this and then just belting this out. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say something else that's gone out of my head now. I've lost it. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, Imran, thank you for your breakdown. I'm joining you, girls and boys, for me. Sam, where's your point going to lie? Uh, this is weird. See, this is hard this now. This is where it's going to get hard. Yep. And it's such a strong track that it's come up in the first one again. And I don't get me wrong, I love Girls and Boys. I love that track. Um, but I think what you're going to find throughout the show is I'm probably going to steer the other way. Um, I don't know. I love rock and rolls. It's just a fun song. It's a fun, just easygoing. Um, I don't know. It just puts me in the right mood. Um, and the, if you've not heard the version, and it's probably hard to find now because um, they played this at the Taylor Hawkins tribute gig and Dave Grohl was on the drums and Liam sang with the Foo Fighters and they performed this. <laughs> it was epic. It was really good. Yeah. 
I think that's the start of us. Some Sam recommends, which I'm happy you're going to be. If you're going to be doing that throughout the show, I'm happy you are. You are. Uh, your name is next to Rock and Roll Starts official point. Uh, nice little chat there. Shaker Maker versus Tracy Jacks. I'm going to go to Imran on this one. My point, I think, is going Tracy Jacks unless someone's willing to steer me the other way. Because Imran, I want to ask you about definitely maybe's production. Any first impressions? You know what? Um, I actually wrote something about the production of this song. Um, and I think this is the only song where I really noticed the production on the Oasis album because I thought it was really good on this song. Um, it's like, it's kind of a basic like blues song. There's nothing super spectacular about it, but something about the way all the guitars are like, I don't know, maybe positioned in the mix. It just sounds really big and wide. Like it's this big grand kind of thing. Even like the drums, um, I didn't t- pay any particular attention to the bass. But, was the bass? Um, I, I felt was like it was, I had never, there was never really a point where I noticed the bass in the, on this album, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, like there was a lot of guitar, um, which is cool, especially on this song. I think because there was so, like, I feel like there wasn't even much happening, but it felt so wide and so big, um, which I thought was really cool. The song itself is all right. It probably didn't need to be that long. Um, the vocals sound like he's trying to do all of the Beatles at once. <laughs> that's 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 about it. I, know, I mean, I really I really like the blues. It's a good song, but it's that's an interesting one. I think it was just a bit too long. Before you move on to the Blur song, Imran, what I've got in my thing, uh, I. I think it was from more from the rawness that we hear in the guitars as the album goes on. You can hear it in Rock and Roll Star, maybe to a certain extent Shaker Maker as well. But I was getting a very Siamese Dream style production, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, I guess. Oh. From really... Like in terms of the more fuzzy kind of stuff? Yeah, the fuzz and the haze. And I think that's a thing... Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, it might be just an indie thing, but that hazy guitar gets overbearing to me over a long period and that's going to be a critique I'm probably going to have about Oasis as we go along but also I linked Siamese Dream and Billy Corgan's vocals to um, Gallagher in this song and I reckon he's voice cracked (laughs) multiple times delivering that uh, hook line but uh, what are we thinking Sam? Well, it's funny the um, it's funny the production you mentioned. This was the album's second take, so they recorded all the songs and then they trashed them all because um, it was, and then they went to a different studio um, and did it with someone else. I'm pretty sure from memory. Um, so it's interesting, and then a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the recording process ended in fights. Um, and one time Liam actually trashed the uh, all the instruments. He came back from the pubs and smashed them all up, which is probably not a very expensive way to go about things. Um, but eventually they made enough money where it probably didn't matter. Um, no, I, I think it's this is one of my favourite songs, and it's funny the um, they did get sued by Coca Cola for this song because there was a famous Coca Cola ad in the sixties that took the melody. I like to buy the world a Coke and live in harmony and it's it's you need to l- l- listen to it because it's very prominent how similar it was the melody um but they've still managed to turn that into something so atmospherical and spacey as you said and it's just oh it's just when i'm chilling out and trying to relax 
um, it is it is very calming and nice to listen to. Um, that spaciness and yes, a lot of these songs are drawn out. Um, they were all probably drugged and boozed up to the max, so that is the reason for that sort of stuff. Which is Oasis's third album in a nutshell. But <laughs> that's for another day. Um, but no, I, lo- I love Shaker Maker. Conversely, Tracy Jacks. Um, I don't mind it. It's 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 decent. Uh, I'm trying to think of more things to say about it. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I should have re-listened to this before we did this. I really should have done that. Well, we'll see what Imran took away from it. He's normally got a couple of things to say. What I took away from it, there was it was a lot more of a wholesome feeling uh, uh, compositionally or, I guess, soundscape-wise. And uh, ah, my big takeaways were, oh, actually, I've got in my notes here, actually, this is, I'm going to direct quote Imran. Please explain the effects in the bridge because uh, my description was springy or springy reverb. Uh, the the weird guitar re- delay part. I I just wrote weird ambient solo. It it was very weird. Um, all like, I mean, I would say out of place, but I think the guitarist, um, for Blur just kind of does this where, um, he'll he'll find like the weirdest effect or just some some crazy kind of way to play a riff and. Just put it over this really nice, um, this really nice song. Like you said, kind of wholesome. Um, feels feels almost cinematic. Um, I don't know, like the the strings in the back during the verse were really nice. Um, kind of gives it like a the end of a movie um, feel. Um, the I liked the last little instrumental part of the song as well. That because um, the bass kind of takes almost a lead part. Um, um, I really liked that. I reckon if you replaced Hungry with Tracy, you could have a good jingle for the Hungry Jacks for like a commercial or something. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That didn't even cross my mind that. Uh, and actually, now that I'm, I'm just so you know what I'm doing, I'm playing these very quietly in my headphones as we go through. Hey, everyone's got um, and their strategy. It is definitely. Uh, a fun as uh, springy that's a very good word for it um very very wholesome but uh, just something I'm we're talking about oasis's production which is probably a bit more raw and expansive the um i know i think his name's Stephen street uh, has done a great job with blur for many of their albums and um this is no question this is it seems pretty I don't know what's the word. It seems sandwiched all together very nicely and it's perfectly well balanced, I think, um, and e- accessible to listen to. Um, for the reason, for the reason, Imran, of uh, uh, the bass break in the outro, uh, just the homely, wholesome nature of its riffs and vocally, not a fan, but I'll forgive it. Tracy Jacks gets the point for me. Yeah. Um, uh, Shaker Maker was all right. If it was... If it was like shorter, I think I'd pick it. But yeah, I think I'm gonna join you there. <laughs> I think, I think it was. I think maybe if they like got rid of the last part, uh, there's like a structure with these Oasis songs that I noticed where all of them kind of follow uh, a very simple like intro, verse, bridge, chorus, and then they bring in the intro riff again, and then it's the same verse, bridge, chorus. Sometimes with just the same lyrics. 
And then the really long outro that's just super repetitive. And like, okay. I, I'm, from memory, I'm pretty sure this is one of those songs where they just follow the same structure, where it just kind of gets repetitive. And I'm like, if they were shorter, I think I'd enjoy yeah. them a bit more. But Okay. And Shaker Make is definitely not the worst defender of it, I'd say, Imran. We'll see. I'm not sure. What, what would, you, would you say that's fair? I'd say that's fair. It's definitely not the worst defender. We might we might differ on what we think is the worst defender, but I think we can both agree it is coming up. Uh, this one, I think, is going to be an Oasis uh, point for me. Actually, before we do move on, uh, Sam, final answer, Tracy Jacks or Shaker Maker? Shaker Maker. <laughs> nice. 2-0 uh, blur for myself and Imran. 2-0 Oasis for Sam. You love to see it. This one, I think, is this one I think is an Oasis point for me. Live Forever versus End of a Century, and it pains me because End of a Century ain't bad. Starts off very 70s prog rocky, and then it goes into an acoustic uh, uh, part, and then, uh, well, it's just dun, 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 dun. Very monotonous, but neat little song. Yeah. It's um, End of a Century. I don't think much of that, that song. There's a, there's a trumpet solo. Thought it was kind of Beatlesy, kind of like in terms of like the way the melody um, moves and stuff. Live forever. I don't think much of this song either. I I liked the drums at the start. Um, I thought it was very like Zeppelin, Zeppelin three, Zeppelin four era. Like if if this was like acoustic guitars and a mandolin, and the vocals were like an octave <laughs> higher. I think I think it sound very. Very that kind of era. I'm not too sure, actually. What's Sam? What's your take? Um, I love End of a Century. I think it's a good, good fun song. Um, the instrumentation's pretty funny, as we found, um, and that classic '70s kind of thing. And then definitely, as soon as you hear trumpets like that in a formation like that, you, you can. It's it is very Sergeant Pepper's kind of thing. Um, That's a good point. But I think. It's no competition with Live Forever. I think Live Forever is probably, if I had to do a whole list of my top, probably top five Oasis songs, Live Forever is definitely cemented in that. Ah, it's just the guitar solo, the outro solo is one of the most amazing things. Um, Just in my headphones. Um, It's just one of those ones you can just sit back and just let go. Uh, And I I think it's, um, I remember hearing... Uh, it was quite funny. Noel Gallagher had an interview and they released this after. I think they released it in tongue-in-cheek in kind of response to Nirvana about... Um, oh. I'm trying well, to think of what song it was. Well, this album came out in 94, so I'm kind of guessing what it might reference. Uh-oh. Um, um, just maybe the sound of Nirvana being like singing about death and that kind of thing and then I, th- I think they wanted to change it up and... Sing about living for. I think I'm not entirely getting that quote right, but um, hey, fact check us. It was you something in Facebook.com forward slash metal stand. Yeah. <laughs> you can always fact check us or at Sports Desk Sin on uh, Facebook and Instagram. You can correct us there. If you like. <laughs> Tell us the Great Metal Standoff Center. Yeah, and no, it's 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 an easy song to sing, and I, I think it's nice. But that my favorite moment on that track, and maybe one of my favorite moments on this album, is that outro guitar solo. You're making a good point. Uh, I, I will admit, when I heard the, the phrase, I said maybe, I nearly twitched. I nearly <laughs> developed an eye twitch <laughs> when I heard that lyric. 
But uh, it, it is a pleasing song to listen to, Live Forever, and that's my point, I would say. End of a century, though, I don't. I think it is a bit more of a competition. If we did our top three at the end of the show, I think end of a century is a contender for me. But uh, Imran, Live Forever is my point, my first Oasis uh, pick. Fair enough. Um, I think the thing with these two songs is that I don't really remember them quite clearly in my head because they didn't particularly stand out too much. Um so I don't like I don't remember how the outro guitar solo goes. Oh. Or or kind of much else about end of a century. Um it is Live Forever the one that starts off as like maybe Yes. I really, really wanna, wanna know. know. Yeah. Um that's like all I remember from that song. Because well, I, I think I, think I had the same reaction as you, Jason, when the f- when the first lyric was maybe I, I think I like out of war flashback, <laughs> something out of apocalypse now. Yeah. The production on this track is very good too. Just like the way that that lifts over the rest of the sounds and scapes that are in the in the song as well. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, Sam. It raises its tension a little bit, but it's pleasing, and you know, there's this little fluffiness to mm. it. Uh, that is quite nice. Again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk away saying you know oh this is amazing, but it it, it was pleasing, and uh, that's all I think you really need in this regard. Also appreciate a little bit of a raise in Gallagher's range a bit, you know, drive that tension up a little bit. Oh, the falsetto, that's interesting too. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick End of a Century just because there's a trumpet solo in it. <laughs> hey, not a bad reason. Not a bad reason, Imi. Uh, yeah. What are you doing, Sam? Oh, I live forever. Was there ever it's, any doubt? It's easy. That I'm. I've listened to that guitar solo so many times with decibels, like at loud decibels, and it still is just as clear and as crisp as it ever was. Very good. Okay, up in the sky versus Park Life. Who wants to? Uh, wants to take this one this is one? so easy for me. What is it? Um, Park Life, one hundred percent. This song is so fun. It's it's so simple. It's it caught me off guard when it first when I first played it because I wasn't expecting like this weird spoken dialogue like sound soundscape. You got like right at the start the riff comes in and there's some stuff in the background and like a guy yelling and I'm like what what the hell is happening? Um it's just a really fun song. Um like the chorus is really catchy. Um the very simple upbeat instruments, you got the clapping and stuff as well. Just like, it feels like I'm taking a walk through the park and there's this weird crazy guy just telling me about his day or about some weird conspiracy that he came across. Um, I really like the the little park life during the during the verse. I thought that, was, that part was really cool. I don't know, because it's just such a simple song. I, it's really fun. It's definitely going to be my point. Up in the Sky was all right from memory. I think this is when I realized that all of their songs are repetitive and sound the same. It's um, also why I, did I like gave a very Siamese dream comparison too, because I can see that point. Yeah, I can see it in this song, because this one had a really... like I didn't mind the riff in this song. It had a very droney kind of feel to it, which I didn't mind. Apart from that, there wasn't really much about Up in the Sky that I took from too much. So, easy point to blur for this one for me. Now, I did a little bit of reading today, Sam, and I realised that Oasis have covered Park Life in the past at one point, but it was, they did it slightly differently, didn't they? Ah, I think I know what you're talking about. So I think there was an award that uh, Oasis won. 
and I think <laughs> it was maybe maybe selling album or the single maybe, maybe it was something for that the so they um they sung <laughs> very drunkenly on stage when they were receiving their award and said that <laughs> it was shite life instead of park life <laughs> which was very funny oh the Gallagher's um, no there's yeah no it's very funny I, I love their tongue in cheek because there was a lot of interviews where they just both shit on each other and stuff I think it was very fun we don't really see a lot of that anymore in a sense like that where bands would take the piss out of it's not really a thing anymore and I think if I think people would be too scared nowadays to crap on another band for repercussions and stuff like that um my points were put to park life for this one um Again, this is another karaoke song. Oh, is it actually? <laughs> it is so fun. And I recommend watching um, the music video. It's very fun. But it does give you that, like, walking through a park. If, you, if you're walking around with headphones on on this, it feels like you're in a movie or some kind of musical theatre show or something. Um, but it is very fun. Um, and one of the funny lines, Vork sprung Dirk Technique, you know, it's actually, I think, the uh, motto for BMW <laughs> or <What>? something. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the German translation or something to that. Uh, so fun <laughs> fucked with that. Um, Up in the Sky is a fun song, but I think, yeah, there's, there's no competition between um, Park Life. It's just a very fun, unique song. There's not many really songs like it. Ah, very fair enough. If Imran gave a point to end of a century for a trumpet solo, how did you react, Imran, hearing a sax during the bridge and some trombone in there? In Up in the Sky? No, in Park Life. I think I phased that out of my memory. Oh, I think come, I need to listen to the come song Come on, you've got to relive that one, surely. That's the that's first thing you're doing after, the, after we're done recording here, right. Imran. Yeah, done. Wonderful. Uh, I'll join oh, well. both of you. Park Life gets the point for... Most of the reasons that uh, Sam and Imran have talked about. And, uh, yeah, just the, there's a skip in your step uh, going about that song. Up in the Sky, tough one to remember about. Bass led the intro. It held the hook together, I guess. But I think, again, it's the haziness that's uh, taking me out of the song to, for the most part. It was a bit of an ether thing to finish, and I didn't mind the acoustic notes ringing out in the pre-chorus, but... Uh, Nah, Park Life is the point for me. So with that, 3-1 Blur, 4-0 for Imran Blur, and uh, Sam gave his first point to Blur, which is wonderful, leaving the score 3-4. Nice. Next up is Columbia versus Bank Holiday. Uh, We just had a little bit of a brief interval. We all got ourselves a little bit of a biscuit, and uh, Sam went Bank Holiday. Oh, this is weird. Explain why. No, it's funny. It's um, If we were to write a song in the same vein, we'd be calling it Public Holiday because that's our equivalent. Um, but it is funny, jivey kind of tune, almost punk kind of sounding the way that they're playing the song at a million miles an hour. Um, uh, and then just funny lyrics about them causing mischief on um, a bank holiday, it seems. Um, very weird. Uh, I feel like I need to be... <laughs> inebriated to keep up with this one uh look it's fun but it's okay but impressive playing and instrumentation i don't don't want don't want to uh pass over that they've obviously got a solid band together to play it oh and that the guitar solo in the bitty bridgy bits pretty nice um but yeah interesting one 
Do, should I go on about Colombia or do I let you go on about... Do it. What do you got about Colombia? Okay. Well, I love Colombia. It's it's funny. It's probably one of the most surprisingly dancey songs on the album. There is a dancey kind of element to Colombia, uh, the way the beat is... Um, and as well as, and, and if you're not really appreciating the atmospheric kind of drawn out sound, you're probably not going to be another favourite one of either of yours. But uh, no, I, I think Columbia's great. It's 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 fun. Um, I don't really get what it means, but <laughs> like, I like, I like, I mean, I've thought about this um, quite recently. A lot of songs I listen to, it's the sound first and then the lyrics second so uh, I found with a lot of Oasis lyrics that don't really make sense at all but you just interpret it the way you want to interpret it and yeah no I think it's a a nice I don't know I don't know what's the word to describe it it's I I don't know it's soothing soothing is a is a word I would understand a little bit better I actually want to hear you expand on why you thought it was a little bit dancey because I'm, I'm I kind of just want to understand that How, where'd you get that from the the kind of like rhythm so the um just the way that the the rhythm and I, I, I don't know what the bpm is but it's probably if you could strip it back a bit more and add a few more elements to it you could surprisingly turn it into like a I guess maybe a a house song or equivalent of a house song in the 90s but um uh, and I think it kind of maybe shines back to a bit of that Haciendas, because a lot of the Madchester sound, um, which was um, came before uh, really that album, was the Stone Roses and and that kind of thing. They're kind of fool's gold kind of thing. That's very dancey, um, and their their club scene and that kind of thing. It was a mix of rock and roll genres and early like dance music in in their sound. It's a whole other bag of worms. The Madchester kind of sound, but um, a lot of it early house music. Okay, right. My, I think that the thing with Imran and I is I feel like the theme is that we've been complaining about how hazy and, I guess, you know, spacey it all is and how it can all mesh a bit. <laughs> with that considered, Imran, does that style of soundscape, and with Columbia being a victim of this, does it warrant six-minute songs? <laughs> Look, I, I feel like I cannot remember Columbia at all. It was, It was such a long song, and... The only note that I wrote for it here is that there's a there's a riff that sounds exactly like the main riff in Five to One by the Doors. It's like a right in the middle. It's like one of the Ooh, one of the solo was... parts. Yeah. Noel Gallagher was a big Doors fan, so that's probably maybe uh, maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe. Um, yeah. Um, apart from that, I this song. I can barely remember it. I feel I feel like maybe it was so long it just whizzed by me and I, I was like, what? Uh, um, acid House is, is was that genre I was kind of heading to, that Acid, acid house. house sound, which is a weird, interesting, like early, kind of early 90s sound. It'll, um, I'm sure people would not have taken Oasis all. for Acid House. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'm guessing. I, I I don't know. I like the I like the sound. I I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just it's just a matter of taste, really. Um, just that that hazy, relaxing kind of thing. Uh, when you're in, the, I guess you when you're in the right mood for it, it works. But yeah, you could listen to this in all kind of settings. I guess that kind of drawn out. 
Uh, I mean, Bank Holiday, on the other hand, you could listen to that anywhere. Maybe not everywhere, but yeah, that that was a very fun song. I, f- I feel like it was a very relatable song because it's it's just about like people who have just gotten paid and they're out, you know, cooking sausages and chicken on the barbecue and, you know, doing doing wacky things and spending their money. Doing wacky things like barbecuing. <laughs> Loved that. Uh, this might not give me many brownie points. Wasn't a fan of Bank Holiday. Appreciated the fact that uh, Sam brought up punk rock because I think that is definitely a very punk rock inspired track. But it was a lot sh- being shoved in at once and it became a bit deafening and it became very fuzzy and it was just like, ah, the ears can't take it. it is, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't feel very pleasing to me. So uh, vocal and bass were lined up hand in hand where anything the vocal was doing, the bass was doing, and whatever the bass was doing, the vocal was doing. But I think just because it was all hodgepodged and all thrown at you at the wall and they're fighting for their own unique bit of sound space, it was going, ah, this, ah. That was the noise I was probably making listening to it. But it's my (laughs) point because Columbia is six minutes of, yeah, just straight line, really. I mean, I can understand the relaxing part of it. It it could probably relax you and, like, have a detox you from a stressful day. But uh, Bank Holiday, I think, is for me. Uh, I forgot to mention Shoegaze is another sound out of Britpop. There were a few other bands like... Um, oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of them. Um, but the, if you don't know what Shoegaze is, it's just... It's Columbia. They call it shoe, Shoegaze. <laughs> well, basically they said it was because a lot of people would be looking at their feet because there'd be like 25,000 pedals guitar pedals on the ground uh, yeah. I think so I've heard about that yeah yeah um, so there were a few other um, around that time uh, I will get back to you on what they were called because I've forgotten it's hey, do, you, do you have a point where are you gonna where's it gonna lie um, oh, I'd, I think Columbia is an easy choice for me wonderful 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 Imran uh, Bank Holiday oh, we're I like seeing. some thrashy blur <laughs> Yes, song two and Bank Holiday. Those are the those are the two uh, <laughs> precedents that have been set for both Imran and I. Uh, okay, Supersonic versus Badhead. Now this is a uh, this is an interesting one. What I've got in my notes here, Sam, for Badhead game show style opening, very in the keys, um, the keys particularly during the verse, very fluttery. That's the the word I came up with. That bass is very poppy, long, you know, very jumpy. It got a bit of wholesomeness to it, and. It, there's, it's very airy, very spacey, like very pixie. Well, not not pixies the band, but say you know, I guess the magical part of you know, like a fairy or a pixie, kind of like that's how like light and soft and melodic most of the verses are. And uh, what did you get for me there, Imran? Me, um, I was a bit of a wind down after Bank Holiday, um, and um, even Park Life as well. Um, cause they're two very upbeat songs and now I've kind of wind down to this nice little, yeah, I'd say I, I can understand like that magical, um, feel that you said, um, I thought it was kind of like this eighties kind of ballad, um, you'd find from like a, a hair metal band and they just chuck in that one ballad song on their album. This kind of gives me that vibe, um, it's where it's kind of like, it's kind of melancholic, but it's also a bit upbeat, um, uh, I liked the keys in it, like the the lead keys in the verse were really nice. There wasn't too much I really took from this song, um, apart from the kind of like 
mix of upbeat and melancholic. Like you, you listen to this when you're sad, but you're trying to make yourself feel better. I think maybe that's kind of the vibe. I wrote in my notes, Imran, this song spent an entire day out looking to obtain the sort out certificate of sweetness. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that sums up my views on that song right there. Uh, Sam, what did uh, anything of note with Supersonic? Uh, before I get to Supersonic, I did want to say, I, th- I think you've got it bang on the hand, ba- bang on the bad head, should I say, uh, with the melancholic part of it, because it does remind me of uh, one of Damon Albans from Burns Future Projects, Gorillas, and the song um, on Melancholic That's right. I was trying, to, I was trying so, to think, I knew, is it the, is it the singer? Um, yeah, so Damon Albarn, this was, yeah, he's, he started with Gorillaz. Yeah, I wrote in my notes somewhere here that one of their songs sounded a bit Gorillaz-y. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it didn't hit me to now, that uh, that kind of sound. I, I like this, the the sound from it, but, uh, wow, Super Song is a belter of a song. It is so good. I love the music video when they're on the rooftop and in black and white. Um, and I think uh, the enunciation <laughs> is going to annoy Jason in this one because this is full of it. I think it's it's a very, very fun song. Um, and even the sound, I'm just listening to the briefly the start of it. I don't know what the word is, but when you get the pick and you drag it down the top of the, the pick guitar scraping. strings. Yeah. Uh, it's a very interesting way to start a track. With the soundscape they're going for, it sounds so grating. Oof. Um, and I, th- I think this is a more uh, accessible song. You've been going on about how they've been a bit more dragged out and maybe maybe more of the album tracks. This is probably one of the standout, especially singles. This would have been definitely in a chart battle with uh, Blur. Uh, I I agree with the, the enunciations that you mentioned. I wrote here in my notes the, the singing. Um, really hits the specific nerve in my spine. Um, I, I, I don't know which one it is, but I did not like it. Is it in the upper back or lower back? It's more lower. Lower it's, back, it's see, L5, a, a L4. Pain. Yeah. Uh, what about around, the Around there, maybe. Yeah, around maybe there. Coccyx, the tailbone. It's a really, a really dull thud that just runs up my spine. Despite that, I reckon Supersonic is going to be my point because uh, there is a bit, there is, uh, you know, it, it was passable. <laughs> uh, I didn't mind it. I don't have too much. Oh, I'm, actually, there is a few things. The grating, grating, scraping. Um, what have I written here? Verses are Oasis upon open haze with a, uh, okay, I was describing the verses. It just, it's this very open cacophony of haze and then it's They've got their little lick that goes through it. I mean, at least the drums have a bit more energy about it. It's a bit more fuller and open in that regard. And other than that, I think that might be one of the reasons why I'm going to take Supersonic. Badhead just didn't really strike too much to me. Yeah, the the lyrics are pretty funny. Like, um, give me your autograph. Can I ride with you in your BMW? You, you can sail with me in my yellow submarine. Um and then I know a girl called Elsa. She's into Elka Seltzer. She sniffs through it through a cane on a supersonic train. Like, <laughs> like it's very bizarre. Good observation. There are a lot of Beatles references in this as well. Yes. I wonder who they're influenced by. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Surely um, not. There seems to be a link. Hmm. <laughs> hmm the British band and another British band. Hmm. From um, the north. 
Not hmm. the northeast, but north. North. Who like to to sing with their really prominent accents. Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to pick Badhead purely because Supersonic, the vocals, just... I can't. Really, is that really that <laughs> distracting cannot. to you? I listened to it twice and the second time was worse. <laughs> I, it just did not do anything for me. No, like, I, if I could go the rest of my life without hearing Supersonic again, I think I'd be a very happy man. Mm. Okay, well, the, the, song, that- the song itself was okay. Like, it, it's not really like the other songs that are, like you said, Jason, you know, like real droney and hazy and stuff. Like, it was, you know, upbeat, fun, but I could not do the vocals. I really couldn't. Wow. And I think it's Sam and I lining up for Supersonic in this instance, and uh, I'll be a bit disappointed in Run if uh, Oasis doesn't get a point for this one, because I think this one earns it. Bring It On Down versus The Debt Collector. I do say Bring It On Down has earns a point. The debt collector, however, carnival, roll up, roll up. This is a, <laughs> that is a, that's, that's the debt collector to a T. That is how you sum it up in a sentence. Yeah. I, I immediately thought the debt collector, I felt like I was in like some Beatles fever dream. Like <laughs> could have been some like weird, like not, not B-side, but like it, it sounds like it's the soundtrack to one of those movies that they made. And you're just like walking and you see John Lennon throw a banana peel in front of you or something. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It just feels like one of those weird comedy like movies from the 60s. Paul McCartney is Uh, all of a sudden the president of the Ministry of Silly Walks or something like that, uh, I guess. Yeah, something like that. George Harrison have with his hat out kind of. Ugh. None yeah, of the Beatles wore yeah. hats. They had lovely hair. Why would they? That that's a terrible analogy. Anyway, Sam Ringo is, is it- just Ringo. Oh yeah. Oh, R- no, Ringo's got the umbrella from the Help video. He's having. He just holds that upside down and collects the donations that way. He collects his taxes. <laughs> yeah, like that. true. That's how yeah. he does it. Uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> Carnival and just you know collect your taxes, collect your taxes with Ringo's upside down umbrella. That's that's that song in a sentence, isn't it, Sam? Is there anything else to add? Yeah, I think the Delight Collector was interesting. Um, and uh, I think in, in these battles, I don't know if you've come across much in your battles in the past where an instrumental has come up across a normal song and not another instrumental. Yeah. It's always going to be times. a hard battle. Even short interludes. Oh, interludes. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, the look, worst it's pretty funny. was the opening interlude versus Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I think that's the worst defender. <laughs> that or the Hellion versus Where Eagles Dare. That was, those are probably the two worst. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. Um, apparently, the de- I'm just reading here, the deck collector was like to show it was the interlude between the first half and the second half of the album. So, it's, it's one of those things. Oh. So it's a fun way to break it up, I guess. Um, but should we move on to bring it on down? Please do. What do you have? Because I this is if Supersonic was a step up, bring it on down is an even bigger step up for me. What, what do you say? Yeah, I, I love this track. This is one of my favourite tracks. If 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 I'm going to a sporting event or something and I need a bit of pumping up, this is this this really gets me gets me going uh, i think it's it's really fun um actually manchester city use it as their walkout song for when they come out of their halftime break they play it across the pa around the stadium um so yeah no it's a really it's probably one of their heaviest songs um definitely on this album 
Um, and yeah, no, no, it's just really just no guts, just gives it all. Um, really, I'm trying to think of. Sam made a soccer reference. I wrote in my notes there's a pleasing melody in the guitar solo. He's bending it like Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike, Sam. Um, I kind of thought the opposite to Sam. Um, I thought there wasn't much edge to this song. Like, it's a cool song. It's very rocky. It's got all the cool leads and stuff. Um, upbeat. Probably probably one of the top tracks on this song. But I thought it was very basic. There's no, no grit, no edge. The vocals are just the same as every other song that I've heard on this album so far. Like, there was just nothing that was interesting. It was just a stock like upbeat rock song that you that you play to at a sporting event well i think i think it fits its purpose i th- i don't think simple's a bad thing i think it's sometimes... not it's not bad it's just like it's just basic i i don't know i i thought it could have been a lot cooler it was just there was nothing about it that i really latched onto okay but this bear in mind this is their um this is their first attempt at an album and i'm thinking they're like 19 or 20 when they were putting this together and um i'm trying to think oh well, i'm not sure of the recording process but Noel wrote all these songs and demoed them individually on an acoustic guitar and then they brought them to life as a band um but yeah i, I don't know I, I, I think this is is fun there's a bit i mean sound wise is and it's definitely physically a lot more heavier than a lot of stuff on the album yeah, it really is. Uh, the point yeah. Sam was making earlier on in the show with rock and roll star being uh, the slugging, slugging it out in the in the clubs or in the pubs, I I get that feeling the most from Bring It On Down. Actually, I think this would be great in a pub or you know in in a local bar. And, you know, with that with the uh, the smoky acoustics and the high octane energy of a crowd. You know, just in an mm. intimate spot. Feel the sweat. Feel the sweat. You've nailed that exactly there. That's my point exactly, Sam. Bring it on down's my point. And that's not to take away, by the way, from Imran's uh, complaints of a bit basic, a bit samey, and the vocals are a bit insufferable. Yes, he's not wrong, but it's still my point. Is he giving it a point or is he giving a point to the deck collector? That's the real question. Uh, see, I'm thinking because, like, bring it on down is not, not so bad. It's, it's, it's all right. It's probably the first song on here that I'm like, okay, I I can I could listen to this again. Okay. Um, but I did really enjoy listening to the deck collector. <laughs> um, I think we're gonna get an answer, and he's gonna yell at me to move on. You are. Um, the deck collector, quick move. Done, oh, deck collector. No. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> the- Disappointed is Sam Mann. <laughs> Wowie. This is this is slowly yeah, turning I'm into like a, a certain bias towards <laughs> Well, see look, this the competition is about you the song you'd actively seek to listen to again, right? So you're or gonna if you tell don't me like you'd, one, go you'd the other. Listen to the deck like that instrumental. You go I seek would. out that <laughs> I, I definitely would. It's a it's a very fun song. It's weird. This is the guy who said when I would actively seek out the hidden track to Toxicity, Arto. It's just an Armenian chant. Hey. You'd actively seek that out. <laughs> hey, I gave it a point too. I can't deny that. But you don't That's know a conversation for another podcast. 
different. Exactly right. So we'll quickly and swiftly move on. Exactly. Now, we've reached that point in the podcast where I do need to remind uh, everyone that uh, we are a PG show and uh, when you're a Sin Media podcast, you actually have to go that extra mile to uh, uphold your PG-ness. So I've got to be careful with what I say reading out this next battle. So and I'm going to try and adhere to the rules here. Uh, sherbet straws and red cordial versus... Okay, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not going to actually... <laughs> I'll, I'll be a bit kind of. Be a bit, I'll have a little bit of leeway. I think it's it's only fair. Uh Get it on by T Rex versus no, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I got it wrong again. I'll get it right this time. Cigarettes and alcohol versus far out. Go, Sammy, come on. We got to well, address I'm glad it. You here. gave me the uh, the warning um, to start <laughs> off with. Um, yes, it is a direct rip off of T Rex's. Um, uh, get it on, bang a gong. Um, but in saying that, uh, this is, and I, I've got to be careful. I like, I don't want to promote alcohol no, usage. We're not going to I've be doing that on this show. Alcohol usage. I do like singing this song. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's a karaoke I mean, song. It's in the title. Yes, yeah. we're not uh, promoting I'm, I'm, anything, but no, no it is a karaoke song. But I think this is this is this is the equivalent of letting your hair down. Um, this song and um, it's the stressed um, I don't know it's encapsulated in a song like alright the current situation in their life is not good job wise um, and and uh, they just want to go out and party and let this is where they can let their hair down um, which in some ways in some part of my life I can relate to sometimes um, but no, no, this is one of my favourite. And the, even though the riff is being pinched directly, it is a very, very good riff. So what what riff has this been stolen from? Because I... Get it on. I haven't... So get it on, man. Get it on, get so it it's, on. it's slightly different. Get it on by T-Rex. Yes, T-Rex. Oh, give me a second. There we go. Imran's actually going to start Googling this. So while I do that, I'm actually going to... I have next to no notes next uh, next to uh, Far Out. Apart from this, UFO uh, hunting with whatever bizarre family Louis Threw met earlier that day. That's all I have to say about Far Out. Yeah, I just listened to a snippet of the T-Rex song. I can hear it. It's like... It's, it's abundantly clear once you've heard it. It is Cigarettes and Alcohol by Oasis. <laughs> yes, it is. Sam, uh, those are my notes on uh, Far Out. Uh, do you have any other, anything to add to that? Yeah, before I get to Far Out, um, just, just as I'm skimming through this, uh, just everything is turned up to 11 in this song. Like the way it finishes, you can hear the, the distortion from the amps just ringing out still. Um, and I don't know, you can often hear in a few of the r- recordings from this album, like it like a chair creaking and stuff like it's it's pretty much cut and dry whereas whereas blurs a bit more um i feel that's a bit more uh maybe a bit more experimental and a bit more thought into the actual production where this is just a bit bit raw yes so yes banger gone um but I, I I really like this song. Uh, for far out though, I was I was looking at it. It reminds me of an early like early Pink Floyd track, like Sid Barrett um, kind of influence. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, uh, and then I'm forgetting how short that is, the song is. Far out, far out. It's so short. 
Yeah, I read um that it kind of had a Doors vibe to it, like um early one of the weird psychedelic tracks in the middle of their album. Um, I feel like kind of had that vibe to it, but yeah, Pink Floyd as well, definitely. Um, I thought the in- that little intro snippet was um almost kind of reminded me of like a snippet of like a seventies like B or C grade horror soundtrack. Like you got this these weird sounds kind of coming yeah. through. Um, very, very weird. So and a very jarring ending as well. Like I was not expecting that. Sun, sun, sun. That just like <laughs> kept going for like almost a minute. Like it's so weird. Cigarettes and alcohol. Um, I thought the riff at the start was kind of almost ACDC esque. It's a fun song. This is probably another one of their more up, like bring it on down, more upbeat, um, yep. like rockier kind of feels, which I, I didn't mind this song too much either. Um, I, I think I had this, I think I had the same problem with this one as bring it on down is that there's, there wasn't really much edge or much that I could take from it. That was interesting. It's, it's just a, yeah, you average everyday rock song. Can I ask you a question before we move on? I'm just curious. Are you more into like, um, say, uh, what's the, what's the word? Psychedelic? Well, that too, but um, uh, it's a whole new genre of, um, well, not new, but it's like rock and metal, but it's very, a prog. Is that it? Yeah. I am very into prog, yes. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so someone that listens to something that's, um, I mean. Look, I can appreciate, <laughs> I can appreciate a band like Oasis. I, like, I grew up listening to ACDC, um, like Led Zeppelin, Metallica, like kind of the, the, the basic metal bands. So I, I can appreciate music like this. That's kind of more poppy, more fun. Like just like you said before, music to kind of let your hair flow back to. Um, yep. But I feel like there are other bands who've done it better than Oasis. And I, I don't know if that's my bias because I previously hated Oasis. I really tried to listen to this with an open mind. Like, but I freaking hate Wonderwall. Don't, don't even understand. Um, no, I I really like try. There there are some good like there are some good stuff on this album. It's just I don't know. I feel like they're they could have done some of these better. I can understand as well the first album. That maybe they're not you know fully into the writing and stuff yet, and they're kind of just doing whatever they want and stuff, which I appreciate as well. It's just that this album has done nothing for me yet. I, I don't know. Personal opinion. Nathan. Please tell me, Imran, you're picking far out. <laughs> it's just a bit more interesting. <laughs> it's, just... <laughs> it's a song that's minute and ten seconds. <laughs> there, more happened in this song in a minute and ten seconds than the entirety of Cigarettes and Alcohol. <laughs> Oh, I think that's I think that's slightly a bit harsh. I, I'm sorry to let you, you down, make man. It happen. We've got three songs left from the Oasis album. You, we'll see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Again, I I only I can only picture an episode of Weird Weekends Louis through when I think of Far Out. Oh, I really want to go Far Out just to annoy Sam. I really, really do. <laughs> Because I got so distracted 
thinking I was listening to the T-Rex song listening to cigarettes and alcohol. I just want to go to far out for originality, but I don't think I can bring myself to do it because <laughs> of the one minute ten. This is with an asterisk. It's with this caveat, Imran. I'm going to seek out far out again for a laugh or for like a campfire if I'm in the desert looking for aliens. But I'll do... I'm gonna, my point is Oasis. Just common sense. But I'm not that big of a fan of the song. I'd rather just it's listen to T Rex. But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be civil. I'm gonna be a voice of reason. <laughs> Oasis is my point. I've got nothing against the song. Just nothing against it, but nothing for it. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Whereas Sam, your point is far out. Of course, cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I got- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Sam's never coming back on the podcast after no, this. No, and it's a shame because he's been a, he's been an utter delight. I'd love to have him back on. <laughs> Go to more classic rock, I think. But uh, oh, yeah, no, that'd be good. I need a minute. Whew. Digsy's dinner versus to the end. Who wants to kick this one off? <laughs> Um, I, th- I think Sam should kick this one off. Go ahead then. Okay, well, I'm just quickly listening to two there now because I'm trying to remember it. Uh, maybe I should kick from it the off. No- then. From the notes I've got then, Imran, it, there's a lot more cinematic style to the song. Uh, something out of a romance film. Can't deny that. Uh, very, it's got the funk of romance. It's got the, it's got all this sleuthy synth to it. So it's this weird like, I'd, is it is it Austin Powers like? It's got a, it's got kind of the style to it, but it's just this door dorky sleuth kind of thing unless unless it's really sleek then it's james bond isn't it imran yeah, but, uh, i was thinking like can't this, deny the um, yeah I, I was thinking um it's like a like maybe more the james bond style almost like a okay. frank sinatra ballad okay no um, righto uh yeah the soppiness you bang on the head this. about the cinematic thing i can hear those carnival elements you were talking about they're pretty prominent yeah at um, the end this there. as well and then the vocals remind me a bit of Bowie. Just uh, the way. Yeah. Um, so they're a bit interesting. It's almost like I'm not too sure of the... Um, but maybe he's singing as a character in a film or something, not singing as himself, which is why he's changing up his voice. But it's got, yeah, kind of got the Bowie or, or some kind of like early like 50s Krona maybe to it as well. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I took from that as well. It's like that, um, like early fifties, like jazz ballad kind of feel. Um, I thought this song would be very good music as well. Like you, I, I could definitely hear this being played in an elevator somewhere. Maybe a more light instrumental kind of version, but yeah, it kind of gives me like that vibe. But I did, it was a, I did like this song a lot to the end. I did not mind Digsy's dinner either. I, it was short and sweet. I liked it. Um, Probably the shortest song on the album, I think. I think I, it I is. I think it was. You didn't yeah. accidentally think you were listening to Holiday by Green Day, did you? <laughs> when it started. <laughs> oh, I didn't pick that up, actually. Uh, Maybe i got to give it another listen. This isn't Oasis ripping off Green Day, clearly. It's, if it is the case, it'd be the other way around. But first couple of chords, I was going, hang on, this is Holiday. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> but it's got that pop punk kind of jumpy uh, essence yeah, going on about it. Yeah, it does. 
and then it gets very, little. Um, then it abandons that a little bit to once it once we reach the piano part. Now it's the piano melody melody leading the song along, and then that element goes away. But uh, at that point, I think that is a. I think that's something to observe. Yeah, I thought this song was very British as well. <laughs> what well, is the Battle of Britpop? Uh, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't really deny it. It's in the name. <laughs> yeah, I just like the lyrics and stuff. So it's like it, it kind of didn't remind me of Park Life, like the the spoken dialogue and stuff. But it was just like that. Yeah, very upbeat British kind of feel. I did like the piano solo in this as well. I thought that was a ni- like a nice little something different on this album. Um, yeah, it is. Jason, it is. what are you picking? Ooh, you're asking me. Digsy's Dinner or Two the End. It's a tough one. I didn't have that big of a positive opinion on both. To the End, I also wanted to point out uh, keyboards that are brought out around about two and a half minutes in on To the End. It all goes, it goes through Disney. Like, it, it's that really light. <laughs> Key, the, the keyboards reminded me of something that you'd get out of a Disney film. It, it was It's such a soppy song. I think I'll go Oasis because it's less soppy. That's going to be my justification, I think. I'll go Digsy's Dinner. Final answer. I was just going to mention one thing about the song too. It does remind me of like I Am The Walrus, the kind of ridiculous lyrics um, and that kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. I Am The Walrus is a lyric in one of the Oasis songs, isn't it? Uh, really? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was, in, yeah. In some songs. There's, there's, there's Easter eggs everywhere, Beatles references. They like those Beatles um, lyrics. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like they all go green for my lasagna. Um, it, it's just very funny song. Like I remember when I first heard this, like when I first played it and I was just like, what the hell is going on here? But then I surprisingly caught myself off guard when I was first discovering all of this. Like, I'm just like, I really like it. It's fun. But I think you've got bang on the money with it being kinder in that park life, kind of not taking themselves too seriously. Uh, but it is actually a, a surprisingly tough battle between um, to the end. I think it's pretty interesting, but I have to stick my guns with... Um, Dixie's Dinner just because it's I don't know it's probably the most different thing on the album different sounding thing on the album it definitely is like out of everything that they've had so far it's like the not not necessarily quirky but like the most interesting kind of thing that's popped up um I'm sorry Sam I have to pick to the end <laughs> I just like Fair it enough. a little bit better. I, th- I think to the end's pretty good and I'll I'll have to re-listen to that again because a lot of these tracks I don't know as well as I do others. So we're that we're inching ever closer to a park life clean sweep rim run here. This is getting exciting on my side here. In charge of all these scores. All right, slide away versus London loves. Uh, wow. Even more disco, oh, even, more seen, sorry, synth, even more synth. Even more synth. Roll his head back. Did he? Oh, Imran, <laughs> I'm going to test to see if our great minds are thinking alike. Slide away. Worst defender of the prolonged indulgent outro. Yep. Great minds think alike. <laughs> that is one of two notes that I have of this song. Uh, the the other note being um, that the. The opening verse melody for the vocals sounds exactly like um, that No Doubt song, Don't Speak. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Okay, I yeah. need to go back and listen to that. Uh, yeah, check that one out because I, I swear it's identical. It's not exactly like it's not the whole song. It's just that opening part. It, it reoccurs. Um, yeah, no, that outro is redonkulous. Don't speak came um, out the year after. So, oh well, I guess they ripped off Oasis. <laughs> Props to Oasis for that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got nothing else for Slide Away. <laughs> Do you know what bugs me, Sam, is that I did enjoy Slide Away until it uh, liked the sound of its own voice for a bit too long. I was a big fan of the first half, and then it got way... It went but on. How long does that song on. go for again? It's six... It's five minutes or six? Six and a half. Six, six and, and a half, half yeah. <laughs> I remember it being something ridiculous like that. It, it could have easily been four. Yeah, it was like a th- three minutes or four minutes or something, and then the rest of it was just outro. I was like, now Oof. again to give the song credit with the Gallagher go- with Liam going slide away during that outro. Soon he kind he kind of does the harmonies, and that elevates a little bit of that outro. But then there's still so much more outro left to go that it diminishes. Uh, and a and denita- I like the little. Sorry to interrupt. That little bit that Noel does at the end, and you can't really hear it in the mix as well, uh, but everyone, when I've been to out and they've played this song, um, people like to do that rappy kind of bit at the end. i um, trying to remember the words of it. They don't know. Uh, I need to get it up somewhere, but it is a fun little addition that's... They don't really have too many tag-ons like that at the end. Uh, in some songs, but it is in a really, really long <laughs> outro. Um, maybe the Champagne Supernova for Champagne Supernova in a way. Um, but it's an interesting, it's a love song. Um, and the voice cracks are very, I don't know, it's a very raw, raw, powerful song. And I've, I've heard a lot of people play this at their wedding, surprisingly. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Talk so about I don't a know if there's dance. a radio edit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, London Loves, on the other hand. Um, this one's a very funky song. So much synth. Very, yeah, a lot of synth, a lot of dance elements. Disco. Um, yeah. Um, I liked the chorus. It's pretty, like, it's just simple, catchy. Just goes over the riff. Um like it's it pretty it's just a pretty simple song like it's not it's not in my top three or anything but like if this came on I wouldn't be mad um the guitar solo very wacky very almost like Slayer Rain and Blood um type of solo that's a comparison I never thought I'd hear on this show what explain explain yourself he I don't think he hits a single note that's correct and you have to agree with me, Jason, because we did this recently. Rain and Blood's still surely fresh in your mind. Yeah. You, you know how much you hated those, so, those solos? Oh, deplorable. Come on, Kerry. <laughs> no, I think it's just like the same style of just like kind of real dissonant, like whatever happens, happens. Um, not not to the same extent, obviously, but like I definitely, like the first thought in my brain was this: this could go on a Slayer song. Just wacky, a lot of, a lot of whammy bar bends and weird, weird sounds. Um, the outro of this song, I think, was a little long. That weird spoken word kind of sounded like it was coming through a telephone or something. 
Apart from that, it, I mean, it didn't last as long as Slide Away, so that's going to be my pick. Any takeaways you got from London Love, Sam? We haven't been a bit quiet on that one. Is it a high-ranking one? Middle tier? Yeah, um, no, to be honest, I, th- I thought this is probably one of Blur's weakest songs. Um, I hate to be um, having the same arguments against himself, but I think this one's pretty plain. It doesn't change much throughout. Yeah, there's not much. There's not much. It. I just. I don't know. Maybe it's sometimes like eating a. Not that I like sauce very much, but eating a pie without sauce. Hey, I like eating pie without sauce. <laughs> I wanted to give my point to side away. By the way, Sam, I'm 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 trying to stick up tip for you here. I really did want to give it to side away. I just can't with that outro. London Loves gets the point. I was a fan of that. Imran's points have uh, exemplified it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Imran, your point's obviously London Loves. <laughs> yep. And Sam, I'm guessing slide away. You're sticking with the Oasis. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is we're inching even more to a clean sweep. Lo- you love to see it. I'm seeing a landslide happen on the other side of the court as well with the with Sam's Oasis score, and we've got five gold stars on offer coming up soon, but that's then. This is now. Married with Children versus Trouble in the Message Centre. This is Trouble in the Message Centre is all... Oh, I think that might make the top three with me. Married with Children, on the other hand. That's the most overtly Beatles I think I've heard Oasis on this entire album because Gallagher sounds very nearly Lennon, or at least he's channeling Lennon the most overtly, I would say, across definitely, maybe. And it's, you know, it's a it's a chirpy, acoustic-y Beatles melodic song with a, with a little hint, a little sprinkle of uh, the psychedelic stuff that they've been doing throughout the album. Yeah. Um... I, I I thought nothing of Married with Children. Uh, it's, it's, I think the lyrics just got to me. Just this weird breakup song. Um, so I, I think there was a lyric in there about how someone's food was shite or someone's music was shite or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the music. That's the was one, shite. and and I just I just lost it after that. I think I just exited my body. Um, I agree with you, Jason. Trouble in the message center about this being a top song. Um, I like how it flowed from the previous song. Kind of, kind of had this like '90s alt rock anthem vibe with like '80s synthwave vocals over the top, and very like, monotonous at that. Like some something from like, yeah, so, something like Depeche Mode or The Clash could kind of fit that. Um, I think. Um, it's a very big song there. I did like trouble in the in the message center. Um, like the the weird like instrumental bridge where the la la la's come in. It's a very big sounding um, mix there, which I thought was really cool, especially the drums. Um, the bass was following along nicely as well. Well, not a spectacular song, but like very just high well up, written, generally. Um, very well written. I'd say so. Just a yeah, it's just a a nice good song. Yeah, I think I think this is pretty a definite strong one. Um, you were mentioning eighties bands there. I think a big influence for Blur that we haven't mentioned is Madness. Um, I think this comes out in this song a little bit. Um, 
yeah, this, this song definitely is a bit more... I mean, compared to London Loves, there's a lot more going on. This goes in all different directions. Um, so I, I definitely like this one. Married with Children, I think is actually... That was one of the original recordings from the first re- go at recording all the albums that they didn't dump. So, um, and maybe it might even be a demo. I'm not too sure on that. I could kind so, of hear that. It's kind of a um, demo vibe. But it's... Yeah, it was definitely very raw. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, apparently the sort this this has the same chord progression structure as Nirvana's Lithium, which I would never have occurred to me ever. Huh. Um, that's on songfacts.com, um, everybody. So we got yeah. that wrong. Fact checkers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, look, I, I like I like it. I think it's something different. Um, I, I, I like how young and raw Liam's vocals are and probably he probably hasn't sung i'm trying to think of songs where he sung very high like that in that definitely in that chorus bit um but there's not too many times where he's done that and yeah i I think uh, i don't don't know if uh, you're saying that you find the lyrics a bit jarring with like shite and and things like that but i guess I'm so in, enveloped in growing up in a lot of British culture and British TV that, that that's all normal, normal to me that I've seen things before. So it's not maybe as jarring as it probably is to you. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. You'll have to come back to me. All right. Well, uh, I think Imran and I, that is, our point is trouble in the message centre for the for the well-writtenness of the song. Yes, sir. And... Uh, Oh, you know, how it just, you know, there's a lot of juxtaposition going on, monotonous voice and build. Um, I'm glad you pointed out how the drums and the bass relationship took place in that. And I just like when, you know, things that there were things going on when the song hit a little bit of a lull. There was just, there's still that little bit going on, uh, going on to carry it along, which was very nice. And uh, so there's so much trouble, uh, choruses and the la la la's. Obviously, la la la's are a bit mundane, but you can forgive it in that instance. So, uh, yep, blur for me, blur for Imran, and uh, we're going to see where Sam lies. Um, as yeah, no. As, <laughs> as much as I really love Trouble in the Message Centre, I think I'm going to say Married with Children just so we can get some points back from the deck collector. <laughs> <laughs> It's spite points are the spite best ones. points, my favourite. <laughs> but no, don't get me wrong. I think that Blur song, that'll be on my list of songs to re-listen to and uh, rediscover. Okay, now we have reached that point in the podcast where we say definitely maybe by Oasis is done. It's finished. Don't need to think about that anymore. Now it's the gold stars we need to delegate to the deserving tracks. Ibran, Clover over Dover. If that went up against an Oasis song, would you give it a go? Would it win? Would you actively seek that song out again? Do you give it a gold star? Is there any other reason? Is it worth one? Does it deserve it? I mean, it's an interesting song. It's very, it's got a very classical feel to it. I think like there's a lot of movement with the, with a lot of the instruments and stuff. Um, there's some nice vocal harmonies in it. The guitar riff in the main like the main guitar riff has a bit of dissonance to it, which I think is interesting because kind of like going with that kind of classical feel, you don't get a lot of that um, specifically with that genre. Um, So when 
So it's, I think it's very noticeable when um, an instrument's playing something out of the realm of what's supposed to be played. I think with like music theory in general, um, which I thought was interesting. But it was a nice, nice little song. Um, probably would win against an Oasis song, but I'm not going to give it a gold star because it's, it's all right. What do you say, Sam? Bonus point coming Blur's way for you? Uh, not on that track, I don't think. Um, it's okay. Yeah, I like the harpsichord that's in it. I think that's what it is. It reminds me, whenever I hear a harpsichord, all I can hear is that um, golden brown by the Stranglers. That always just, I always hear that. It's okay, but I don't know. What, what, I don't know what to say about these tracks. Sometimes there's filler tracks and I feel like this is a filler. My answer is no because of this point. So, my view is the aim of this song is to picture a wholesome seaside walk. This song is so light, it would disintegrate with one puff. So, just one little simple whoo. And then the song was so, would just disintegrate into white noise or, you know, whatever. Yeah, that, my answer is no, no gold starts. It's so light and delicate. It, yeah, there's... Yeah, fair enough. Magic America. What do we say about that? Sam? Um, it's a bit weird. <laughs> Guitar is very funky in this. It's very... It's almost like a... Like, it's not too heavy a sound, and it's not too clean, but it still sounds dirty, in a way. Um, and it sticks out, and the mix is a bit interesting. Um, Don't like the mix, personally. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't really fit. feels a bit slopped together. But then, but then when it gets to the, the kind of chorusy bit kind of filters out a bit better um but yeah not not really a strong one for me on this track either and i've just dropped my pen well while (laughs) he picks up his pen i want to bring a point to you imran i'm just asking questions here do you think this song even needs guitar it's exclusively in your left ear and it just feels misplaced to me it it almost like yeah i mean i didn't mind the guitar in it i thought it was like I think this is kind of a thing that Blur do, like, which I kind of realized at this point is just, uh, I think, well, I mentioned it before, the guitarist kind of just playing anything he wants and feels like over over some <laughs> kind of basic, um, like, in- instrumental stuff. Um, like, it's very, it is a very, it's, it's not a bland song. It's just kind of, you know, a, a normal, a normal song, I guess. And that guitar, I think adds a, a a different layer that you you're listening to it and you, you're thinking for to yourself why is that there but it it kind it kind of works it it doesn't at all i know it doesn't but if you i think if you listen to the song without the guitar it, something about it would be lacking there's, there's a strange I, I quite, yeah go ahead I was just going to say, there's also a strange synth towards the end that almost sounds like it's from a video game and it's a bit jarring. So if I only had to listen yeah. to that, it'd probably be worse. Is this yeah. the dissension that just pans across your ears and it kind of goes downwards as you, as it goes along? It's like a... No, there's that too, but there's like... It's like a weird... Like a duck. It's so cartoony. Yeah, that one was really weird. That stuck out to me. I thought the guitar had a bit of like a a Hendrixy feel to it. Interesting, you say Hendrix. I f- I made a Hendrix comparison, not on this song, but on another one. We'll get to that. Another takeaway I had: Magic America. There's parts of this song I just outright hated. Like when they had a synth rise, they had that little synth rise, and then they had that buzzer, 
that just went off at a very inappropriate time for me. It did. It goes, and it took me out of it a bit. There wasn't. There's very little flow about it. Everything feels slapdash, and it's it's all over the shop and not in a good way. So no, no gold star for me. I I did like the song. Did quite like the guitar. I'm gonna say no. I, I thought you were about to say yes. Then <laughs> I'm not I gonna lie. I thought it was as it. well. Right, what about Jubilee then? Jubilee. What did I write here? Well, we're returning back to the punk rock. Yeah, bit of punk rock. All right, bit of Elton John. In there, in the in the vocals. Ah, sh- what's that song that? Um, oh, I know what you're gonna say. I can hear it because the riff the riff adds on to it as well. It's a bit of totally like Saturday nights or after fighting. Saturday that's night. That's the song. Yep, that's yeah, what I'm thinking. I'm of. hearing a little bit. Yeah, bit, I thought there was a bit of that in there, and I really like that song. Jubilee. I think I'd say it's not exactly the same, obviously, but like I like that attitude to it, like the the fun kind of stuff. Um, the, uh, the chorus, I think, got a bit heavier as well in this. Um, it's a bit of like a bit of a chanty feel to it. Um, the lyrics, I thought, were very like teen angsty kind of song. It just, it just felt like, you know, it didn't... I don't remember exactly how they go, but they kind of just felt like somebody wasn't sure about anything. Something I'm not sure about, and it's a question to the room. Why do some of these effects sound like it's straight out of a cartoon? That's, that's a good question. I don't know. There's just something something about their vibe that they're plucky and funny and feels like it could be a kid's show kind of background music without the lyrics sometimes. That is a good question, Jason. The silence is telling me he doesn't have an answer. <laughs> He's just I have no answer. bewildered. I can, I can tell you I'd give this a point. Oh, okay. That's about it. Yeah, and I, I, I like this song. Do you, Sam? Uh, I think it was probably better than the last two, but I'm saving my point for the next one. Okay, no gold, no gold star for Sam on Jubilee, but this is a low. It is going to get one. You're saying? Yep. No, definitely. This is a big standout. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ooh. No, I definitely like this one. It's it I mean, does this. Sorry, what, what was you going to say? I was going to say I can see why you'd like this because this is probably the most Oasis song on here <laughs> on this album. Just it's soothing. I feel like this could be it's if it is, but it's not uh, a good closing track um, for the album. And there's a nice, nice little like I don't know if it's the baseline, but uh, after every do 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 that kind of thing that they keep parking back on. And yeah, it is. And this does sound like it probably could be on definitely maybe, but. Uh, yeah, interesting. No, I really liked this song as well. Um, I'll probably give it a point. Um, actually, scratch that, I definitely will. It's a very slow and dreary and, like, it's kind of... I thought you didn't like those. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. I, I very much like slow and dreary. But <laughs> I think the thing with this song is, is that... Um, there was like there was some uh, more happening in it that I think I could kind of latch onto that I could, um, kind of just I like how do I explain it? My my train of thoughts come to a halt. I don't know. I I thought this was kind of like a a seventies kind of ballad. Like there's a bit of classic rock in it, but yet it's got this like end of the world vibe. Um, like I felt like this you could play this over like a big megaphone speaker is like 
explosions happen in the background or like like a war movie. Apocalypse. I think it kind yeah. of fit. Some, something like that, yeah. Second like, shout-out. If you play show today. Yeah. Um, like big, big fuzzy guitars in this as well. Um, I liked this, the solo with the dual guitar thing happening. Yeah, I, I think this one was just a bit more interesting than than the the slow and droney Oasis songs. I think there was just a bit more happening, like a, just a bit more to it in terms of not necessarily production, but the sound of it. I don't know, Jason, what do you have? I'm going to change the subject slightly and I'm going to zero in on the intro. It starts off acoustically and then I think that it has the Jimi Hendrix Are You Experienced kind of guitar style teased to us and then it goes on to become oh, like the that, like that reverse <laughs> yeah it has that kind of tease it's only a tease because it doesn't last very long but it's are you experienced i think and uh, and then it, and then really all i had was now it's just a lazy indie song <laughs> that's all i came out of this song so i'm gonna be dis i think i'm disagreeing a- with both you and sam on that one and i won't be giving it a oh, bonus point okay but um I've noticed the ending solo. I just remember at the end, but there's a big guitar solo and it's pretty decent as well. Yeah, it ramps up and then the effects come into play and uh, it has a. It definitely builds. It builds itself up. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think I've gravitated to it as to the same extent that both of you have. But uh, to confirm again, Sam, you were. That is your bonus point. This is a low. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, and Imran gave that a point as well. I will be holding off. I don't think I'm giving any bonus points to any Blur songs, especially not the ending, Lot 105, which is your final song. Uh, I want to give this one a point. Wow, do you? <laughs> it goes I, from a lo-fi like beat to a video game post-credits within the blink of an eye, really. It, it's so weird. It, it's got like three different styles in like one minute. So it starts off with this, like the the light drums, which this is where I wrote that I thought it sounded kind of gorillazy. So big big brains right there. Um, I liked the bass. You know, it was just moving throughout the thing over that weird synth, and then it comes up with this like weird reggae choppy rhythm that you like. You kind of, I feel like you weren't expecting to fit over that initial beat. And then the tempo just changes and suddenly you get this, what is it? Like a la, la, la. And then there's like one lyric um, in it. I, I don't remember the lyric, but it's just really weird. It's probably um, straight out of the Ramones playbook, probably. Probably. They're using that weird duck synth again. So ah. yeah. I'm never going to give a point for that. So that video. <laughs> but yeah. the, the keep, um, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, organ kind of bossa nova kind of riff at the start. Uh, it's pretty funky. Sounds I don't like a lo-fi very often. beat, Sam. Yeah. It's lo-fi it's beats weird. to chill, study, or relax too. <laughs> Just I, f- I feel like this is something, um, uh, as we've seen, I don't know if you watched the big um, Beatles documentary uh, that came out a couple of uh, months ago. I saw ago. a bit of that. Uh, yeah, back, and right. d- yeah, and you see how they jam and do little funny things and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they change the lyrics and they play funky singers. A lot of it doesn't get onto the final material, but somehow in this album it did. <laughs> you reckon this was one of those songs? Yeah, ran- randomly come up on the fly and then they thought, oh, fuck it, we'll chuck it in for a laugh. Um, I did want to mention the two uh, 
songs that were left out were bonus tracks just to give a bit of evency because they've there's a lot more tracks on uh whatever which they actually put out just after the album to get between the next album um which they called the christmas single that charted i think pretty well uh sad song that's actually on my vinyl so i think that was the first one that missed out uh, which is a nice acoustic ballad yeah sorry um, and Cloudburst, which is another raw kind of demo, but uh, definitely off the sad song or whatever, worth checking out. Right. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, and did you did I hear you correctly, Sam? You're joining him. Run bonus point lot one hundred five. No, I'm not giving it a bonus. Ooh. <laughs> you should have put one anyway. <laughs> it doesn't affect the score, so I mean, I wouldn't. Not gonna. Not going to try and push you in any direction, but I mean, doesn't affect the result. Uh, the high octane, though, undeniable. But I'm going to hold off. No bonus points from me um, for Park Life. But with that, that's all of our scores, delegate. It's time to tally them all up because the battle is over. And what, what a, what a thrill ride we've had. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> gentlemen, I'm the only one that has a split score here. If we, because if we have a look at them, Imran's score is he hasn't. I'm not going to call this a clean sweep because out of a possible 16, he scored 14. <laughs> 14 nil to blur. I, I really wanted to give Oasis a point, but man. Which, which one was the song that you thought about giving a point the most to? Probably like Bring It On Down or Cigarettes and Alcohol. Oh, well, they deserved it then. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, you're one to talk. 10-2 Oasis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, It wasn't as far, far seated as the other side. Um, no. And it didn't mean that the song on the other side was bad. It was just tough competition. And exactly. We'll be doing our top threes toward the end, so we'll be giving some love to both. And uh, what an exploration to Britpop for myself, because... Uh, I wasn't too enthused by both of these albums on first listen, but this conversation's maybe going, ah, oh, they're endearing me a little bit more. But the final score reads for myself, Oasis with a total score of five, Parklife with a total score of six. The winner of this battle is going to be Parklife by Ooh, Blur by one, one point. singular point. <laughs> kind of like, oh, actually, Sam's a Carlton fan. Kind of like Carlton missing out on the finals <laughs> by one <laughs> singular point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Oasis falls at the last hurdle to lose by a point, but it has been one hell of a little fun. Both albums have endeared me as we've went along talking about it. So a big thank you to Sam and Imran for you know breaking down their thoughts on it and yeah, leaving me with that impression as we went along. Uh, it is quite the fun one. Um, did what does everyone have for their top three? By the way, we'll start with Sam, our guest. Uh, do you have a top three favorite song from both albums here? Uh, so is it top three out of both albums or top three out from of, each off album? both? Off both. Hang on, so say that, say that again. So what, including everything? In every song. We'll start with Imran. We'll let, let's have Imran set the okay. precedent right. for us. Yeah. Off of uh, Blur, um, Park Life, Far Out, <laughs> and Bank Holiday. I had to add Far Out in there. Oasis, Diggsy's Dinner, Cigarettes and Alcohol, and Bring It On Down. If you want, we can give Sam a few more moments to think. I'm so happy you included Far Out. That's hilarious. 
Uh, <laughs> remember, far out, it made his yeah. top three. Uh, for I, myself... I had to justify that point. <laughs> you did, didn't you? <laughs> Live Forever was definitely one. Oh, do I want to go slide away just for fun? Do I want to? Uh, do I want to? Um, bring it on. Uh, I think bring it on down, definitely. Live forever, bring it on down. And, okay, with a caveat, the first half of Slide Away. That gets, that's my top three, or two and a half, I guess. Oh, um, for Park Life, for Blur, Trouble in the Message Centre, London Loves. Ooh, and what do I want to do after that? End of, end of a Century or Park Life, the track. Or Tracy Jacks, that's another one. Let's go Park Life. We'll go Park Life. Um, I will go uh, for Blur. Definitely Park Life number one uh, in there as well. Um, Girls and Boys and maybe End of a Century where just this is low just misses out. And for Oasis, um, obviously Live Forever, Cigarettes and Alcohol and Bring It On Down. And with that, that's the battle. Imran, speaking uh, on, I think, on your behalf as well, this is our first proper exploration into the Brit pop. What do we think? What are our takeaways? You know what? I'm, I'm glad I finally listened to a proper Oasis album uh, and that I've experienced that. I don't know if I ever will again, but <laughs> I'm glad I did it. Um, uh, Blur, I think, surprised me the most because... I, I never listened to Blur either before this, and there was some there was some rock and tunes on that album. Um, I was also surprised by Oasis because I was just expecting them to be like a, a Wonderwall, you know. So like there there was some stuff on that album that did surprise me a little bit, and their like their sound did take me off guard. It was a good experience. I wouldn't mind listening to more Britpop. Maybe not Oasis. There's definitely lots, lots to delve with Britpop. It can take you on a big wormhole, so many bands. The conclusion I drew was that, uh, yeah, I once I finished with Definitely Maybe, I came to, the, I went, I didn't listen to Oasis before, I've now listened to Oasis. I drew the same conclusion listening to Blur. But uh, <laughs> I think, but this is the thing, this conversation has made me realise yeah, actually, I, I don't mind the endearment of a London loves or a trouble in the message centre, and there's a look, there's there's fun to be had. So I've reached the point where it's, I'm not going to outright seek Britpop uh, all of the time, and I'm not going to necessarily like it all the time, but I'm not going to complain about it all that much. That's my point. No, com- no complaints from me if you're going to pop a Britpop song on in a social setting or anything like that. And I owe Sam to actually, you know, working alongside him for a little while, uh, you know, playing Oasis a lot during the song breaks on uh, on the sports desk. And we're going to get Sam to break down everything you need to know about the sports desk in just a minute. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have listened to Don't Come Back in Anger and probably a couple of other Oasis songs that he's played during the song break. So a big thank you to that, Sam, so, to finally, you know accelerate the process of getting you on the show to do this one properly and have a reason to properly explore them yeah no it's been fun it's it's made me um um breaking it down and going through it it does give an interesting which i probably might listen to a few things a bit more differently now a bit more concise um and some of the connections i made it just wasn't until we were talking about it which is interesting so it'd be fun to do this with a lot more albums and stuff and uh yeah, no, the reason why I do play them because a lot and try to get it out there is because 
that whole thing where everyone just knows one's the wall and just thinks of them as you know a cheesy acoustic band when they've they've got some they've got some stuff they've got some heavy stuff so um yeah i don't know it's it's interesting um yeah definitely was fun yeah, no worries. Um, uh, and uh, the, my, I guess my final point is, uh, um, do you have any other recommendations for Imran and myself for if along the Britpop style that you think, you know, the two of us should explore a little bit more, should we choose to? Okay. Uh, well, definitely a lot of inspiration for Oasis and many bands in the 90s were from the Stone Roses. They were the first on the edge of the, I think, 1989, they put out their self-titled album, um, which is um, along the same sort of, Guitar-y kind of, oh, no, it's hard to explain. So definitely them. Um, would you count the Smiths as Britpop? I know that's 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 late 80s and stuff. I think it is. Um, actually, one of the songs, finally enough, on uh, definitely maybe, I can't remember which one, was actually written on Johnny Marr's guitar that he gave to Noel Gallagher. Gave him acoustic. Trying to think a bit more, a bit more. Um, Primal Scream, they're Britpop. So if you know them, um, get your rocks off, which is probably the most un pop sounding uh, sound. They've got a uh, nice um, set of songs. I'm just trying to think. Um, some of them are one-hit wonders and things, but um, um, there's definitely – it's just a bit of a wormhole. It's one of those things where many sub-genres and stuff kind of split off to – as well as we mentioned with the kind of shoegazy kind of things. I'm just looking at a list here. Oh, Supergrass. How could I forget them? They're a really cool band. Um, they were actually coming here in 2020, uh, but cancelled and haven't rebooked. They played at um, Taylor Hawkins Tribute Concert at Wembley because apparently it was one of Taylor Hawkins' favourite bands. Um, so they're really fun. Um, pulp, probably people know they're a bit fun. Oh, and the Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. I'm, of course, you should know that one. Oh, yeah. um, the Rolling Stones. Yes, <laughs> which they finally, um, not that long ago, I reckon it was about five years ago, they finally settled the copyright thing. Oh, I um, thought they never that. did. No, no, it finally got settled, um, thankfully. Yeah. Um, Radiohead, I think, maybe a bit pop. I don't know. Um, oh, they're an interesting one. Maybe the early stuff you could classify as Britpop. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Lightning Seeds. Um, they're another one. And yeah, uh, I don't know. Just dig it out. The Supergrass though is probably number one recommendation. Um, the Charlatans and the Stone Roses. There we go. I, that's for me and Imran to explore a little bit more. And uh, I guess finally, uh, tell us everything about the sports desk. Where can we hear it? Where can we find it? Uh, plug everything. Well, sports Fridays, uh, 9am to 10am on C90.7 in FM in Melbourne. Um, or you can stream online or catch the podcast. I don't know when this is going to come out, so we may have finished for the year. Um, probably have by that definitely point. Definitely be yeah, back probably. next year. Um this is your preview into next year, listeners. Okay. Um, yeah, we can catch the podcast and uh, social media. Um, yeah. Hear his lovely voice break down the world of sport. Uh, Sam? Oh, and definitely, before you go, sorry, I will plug. I am definitely trying to get the Rockology back for next year, which is my rock show. So hopefully it can return. And you can listen to all those podcasts. They're still on the Sin website. 
Okay, wonderful. Uh, we'll link that in the description here. Sam, you are welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. And Imran, thanks very much for coming along too. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. That's all for now. Thanks again to Sam for coming on in. His links to the Sports Desk and Rockology will be in the description. Stay up to date by following us on facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod and check out our other battles on your preferred podcast platform. Plus, be sure to tune in to Sin's main metal show, Mosh Pit, Thursday nights, 8pm on 90.7 FM, DAB Plus Digital Radio or online at syn.org.au. Until next time, metal up your ass!